your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. It's great to have your company this morning on Newcastle Live. A new report released this week by the Australian Human Rights Commission highlights how important it is for the governments to listen to children and families when making decisions about the services and government policies that affect them. The Keeping Kids Safe and Well, Your Voices report was led by the National Children's Commissioner Anne Holland following a request from the Australian Government Department of Social Services to find out exactly what children and their families think would keep children safe. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the program once again Anne Hollands, the National Children's Commissioner. Good morning and welcome. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Good morning to you and your listeners. Now, this is a fantastic report. It's uh, it's really grassroots. You've spoken to many, many children. What did you find out? Well, look, whenever you talk to kids, it's absolutely amazing what they tell you. They, their insights are often um, uh, surprising and refreshing, and uh, but they also they tell you the truth, mm. right? So... Um, What we found really was uh, that um, right across Australia, these kids who who are, um, I guess, in situations living in in some degree of disadvantage or vulnerability, uh, their families uh, might um, be having some difficulty. So we particularly targeted those families for this because it's informing the national framework for protecting Australia's children. So that's that's what we were trying to do is understand what would help those kids. And we found that really housing is a massive, massive issue. So kids and their parents told us about the, uh, how unaffordable housing is all around Australia and that this is really putting um, kids at, at, at risk, uh, that we need better access to mental health services and other services, frankly, but mental health really was um, was right up there. And, of course, help with just basic needs. I mean, this is the thing, you know, um, food, clothing, um, transport to get to, to, to get access to appointments and, and service support and, and things like school supplies. You know, a lot of these families really are struggling with the basics and that is what they pointed to as, as, as making it hard to keep kids safe and well. That's really concerning, isn't it, Anne? In the year of 2022, we have our children, our young people and our families. The top three things they are concerned about are what should be basic human rights. Absolutely. And and it really highlights that um, often we, we, we're expecting the child protection system to kind of pick up the pieces when things have ended up in a crisis situation. Um, but you know what? These problems are, cannot be fixed by the child protection workers. You know, there'll never be enough of them, mm. right? Um, we need to be investing uh, in, the, in fixing the causes of the problems. And that's what, the, what we heard is about these causes, not often the, the, you know, the need to, um, for the child protection workers to step in is we're only dealing with the symptoms. And it's far too late, and we know the outcomes will be very poor after that point, one way or the other. We need to get in much, much earlier and ensure that anyone who needs help, uh, needs extra help, will be able to get it as early as possible uh, before things really escalate. How many kids did you talk to, Anne, and, and from what areas across Australia? So we went 
right across Australia, uh, outer, outer urban areas, regional areas, remote areas. We spoke to 400 face-to-face uh, and then we um, had 426 um, replied to a, an online survey. So, um, but what we, interestingly, what we found was that there wasn't, there wasn't a huge amount of difference depending on whether you were in, you know, the Northern Territory or in Tasmania or even, you know, the ACT or Brisbane. The housing really was the standout issue. And, and, you know, this was last year and I guess we know that through COVID housing um, in those, uh, I guess, those outer urban areas has become particularly unaffordable uh, and, uh, and and regional areas. So it's just impossible to get affordable rent. And the stories, Tracy, you know, like I met so many young mums uh, with babies and toddlers who had escaped situations of where there was domestic violence and had ended up homeless. Mm. So they were... Uh, living in uh, short-term refuges, and then when they were sort of kicked out of the refuges. They they ended up in caravan parks or, or couch surfing, you know, randomly wherever they could find someone that would give them a couch with their babies. And you know, these are young people who themselves are at risk. But also, how can we expect them to be able to keep their children safe when they when they can't get housing? It's just, it's, it's shocking, really. It's such a vicious circle. It really is. The findings from your report will now be fed into um, the Safe and Supported Action Plan. What do you think should happen from here? Well, I think we need to really see the voices of these children and young people, the advice that they gave government. And, you know, we, we asked them, you know, what do you think needs to change? What is it that you want to tell the Prime Minister? <laughs> we, we, oh, we, that we could have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was. They had some fascinating things to say and there's some, you know, lots and lots of quotes in the report and we've got a, a child-friendly version of the report online as well if people want to have a look. Um, but we want their, their advice and their insights and their wisdom to actually find its way into the policies that are now set up as the, the, in the action plans for the National Framework for Protecting Australia's Children. And look, this is a 10-year plan. It's a new plan that's about to start. And I'm really delighted that all the ministers around the country, the community services ministers in every state and territory in the Commonwealth, they've all agreed that we should be listening to the people who these policies um, will be, are meant to be helping. And that's a fantastic thing. And it's not mm. just a one-off either. So we've done this one-off sort of exercise now at the start, but it's going to be a regular ongoing process through the life of the plan. And we're going to keep going back to kids and their families to find out, well, you know, is it getting better? What's working? What's not working? You know, it's really valuable insights that they're giving about what it is, what kind of services they need to help them with all of their complex issues and particularly to be able to help early because we know that not only is that better from a human perspective, if we can get in early in the lives of children to help them, uh, but it also costs the community so much less. So while we keep sort of delaying it and, and having these fragmented, patchy services out there that are hard to find and hard to access, uh, then we're going to end up paying a lot more as a community later on. So all the evidence shows 
that it's much, much better to ensure people get the help as early as possible. It's all about the early intervention. Now, there is one quote that I just wanted to read back to you because I think it just shows an intelligence beyond beyond what we credit these these kids with. But uh, I think the government should put aside their personal beliefs and biases and focus on what children and young people are saying we need them to do. I think it's very important for them to understand that we know our struggles best and often know what works for us and what doesn't. That's yep. straight between the eyes, Anne. It is. It is. Like they tell you just as it is. Mm. <laughs> you know, they don't make, they don't um, soften it. And, uh, and that's exactly right, isn't it? So, you know, I guess traditionally policy has been made in, in, you know, inside closed doors in capital cities somewhere, you know, or in Canberra. Um, basically, what we're trying to flip that around and go, okay, let's talk to the people that, you know, are, are experiencing the challenges and ask them, what help do they need and in what way do they need it? You know, they told me that they, they're best helped by people, by service providers who understand them, who perhaps come from a similar background, who, who don't judge them or discriminate them on the basis of their race, for example, uh, and who, tr- who treat them with respect. Now, that's not a lot to ask it's for, not, really, is it? But, no. you know, that is saying, again, straight between the eyes, telling us, if the frontline service providers treat us with respect, then that we're more likely to be safe and well as kids. God, a lot. Of, our systems are just so screwed up, aren't they? We don't listen to the people who the services are for. No, we've been very bad at that. And at least this is a, a sign of change, mm. which is brilliant. But now, Tracy, what we need to do is see the policymakers turn these insights into uh, the actions on the ground and I'm, I'm going to do what, everything I can to hold them accountable for that because I've had the privilege of listening to what the kids have said and I'm trying to amplify their voices but now I've got to hold uh, the people in government accountable and, uh, and I think as a community we should all be expecting this of, uh, of our political representatives. We certainly should be. Look, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It is a very, very important report, and I do, uh, I do encourage everyone to have a look at it. If you go to humanrights.gov.au backslash safe and well, the report is there both in a children's format and in an adult's format. It is very much well worth your time taking to read it. And thank you so much for joining me once again. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and as the Greens used to say, or the Democrats, let's, uh, let's keep the bastards honest. Well, that's right. Let's try to do that together. Thank you so much, Tracy. My pleasure. Thank Thank you. Bye. That is uh, Anne Hollins, who is uh, just a wonderful, wonderful lady. We've spoken to her previously about what we need to put in place to keep our kids out of jails and to uh, to just have a better way to move forward. And uh, it's really exciting, this uh, Keeping Kids Safe and Well report. I thoroughly recommend it to you. Go and have a look at it. And uh, the people we're trying to help, hey, there's a novel idea. Let's find out what they want instead of bashing things down their throat. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Joined by Michael Blacksland and covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in in the morning, weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.